0: The Toad Hop Network Studios
1: in Hollywood. This this is the ToadHopnetwork.com.
0: It is strongly addictive.
1: Radio worth watching. Radio worth watching.
0: This is Vox Populi. Vox Populi. The voice of the occasionally interested people. A political talk show for people who don't spend a lot of time talking politics. The only agenda. Understand, inform, and entertain. Now here's your host, Sean Aston.
2: Well, hello there, vox populi, audience, listener, viewers. Uh, Johnny Ice back in the studio in Hollywood. I am recording. No, I'm not recording. I'm coming to you live from, from Germany, from, um, from Bonn, Germany. Uh, <laughs> I've been flying all night. I actually uh, the flight. From Los Angeles International Airport to Berlin on Air Berlin, mind you, which was great, great service, smooth ride. Um, Departed at five forty-five p.m., uh, which meant that I was going through. I was, you know, getting out of the car, going through security, and uh, waiting and getting in the, you know, on the plane. It all during the pre-debate conversation that normally I would be sitting channel surfing between CNN and Fox and MSNBC and C-SPAN and listening to it in one ear and NPR and trying to download all that. And uh, I had looked it up online that uh, they were going to have uh, on the flight, have Wi-Fi on the flight, a subject which was uh, very disappointing to me because I love presidential debates. I just love them. I love them like, oh, insert rap lyric here. Um, Like a fly loves, yeah. Anyhow, uh, so I was so bummed that I wasn't going to be able to see it. And then I was thinking, okay, at least I have probably 90-minute layover um, in, in Berlin on my way to Cologne, uh, couldn't get any cell service, network service, because I, I went out and got myself the new iPhone 5. Couldn't get any service. Uh, opened up the computer and signed on and, and, and would have been able to buy like a day pass at the airport uh, for I don't know how much, eight bucks or something. and uh, But it needed to send me an SMS text with my confirmation code, but my phone didn't have signal, so I sat for an hour and a half in, in this little German lounge watching um... racing of some kind and wanting to pull my hair out because uh... the president and and the uh, opposing party candidate were debating for the first time in the same room. I think they've only met a few times before that, but Anyhow, so then I land and and uh race to the hotel i won't bore you too much more, but continue to experience technical difficulties the The, the converter I had wasn't working I, this is just outrageous i'm going so what happens i um I finally get it working and i'm able to watch the ninety minute debate via cspan.org. dot um, and we're going to spend the whole two hours, uh, talking about it and thinking about it. And I've got some good messages to play from people. And I'm really hoping you call in funny because two weeks ago we were in, um, we were in New York and, um, the technology between me and Johnny ice, actually his name, Johnny ice. Say hi, Johnny. Hey everybody. There he goes. Johnny. Uh, did you see the debate?
3: I did not. I was working last night. Uh huh. Home and I went right to bed because oh, I knew I had a big excuse. show this morning.
2: You were working. Where on earth? Here at the stu- at the studio. At You're the working studio, at the studio. Yeah. You're only moderately forgiven. You know, <laughs> there is a political show on your on your uh, your network now. You gotta you gotta you gotta represent, man.
3: That's where I get my information from. Is from you. So I figured we'd talk <laughs> about it today, right?
2: <laughs> oh no. Um, all right, so. So two weeks ago from um, New York, I had this like great view set up with the Empire State Building behind me and Times Square and the ball and all that kind of good stuff, and we couldn't get our act together, so we just had to settle for a still. Can you actually see me? I can't see myself. Is this working?
3: Yes, it's working great.
2: It is? And you can see my uh, Larry King uh, portable microphone here? Yes, and
3: the great nice. decoration at Motel 8.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Four Motel Four. <laughs> uh, I actually they moved me up to a higher floor, so uh, you won't be able to hear the train. The first room I was in, which was fine, um, the uh, the screeching trains. But anyhow, um, the debate was fantastic. It was fantastic, and you know, I I finished watching it about a half hour ago, and I I didn't even want to click on the stupid spin room uh, debate reactions. Because I wanted to just live with my own thoughts about the debate for a little bit and then I wanted to uh offer commentary unfettered no uh, untinged without tinging, no tingeness. Anyhow, without the uh the, the benefit or detriment of hearing the, the spin room Spin doctors. Uh, but then I got a little uneasy and I listened to a few minutes last previous, I think it writes previous um, and uh, Axelrod, and mostly they were Republicans. Listened to a little bit of Giuliani. Um, and it was funny because some of what people were saying kind of confirmed what my instincts were about the debate, and some of the people I, I kind of, you know, it's just uh, boilerplate spin. Um, but I thought. I thought that it was um, well. I'll just start going through it. I thought if the phone rings, Johnny Ice, make sure that you put people straight through because I'm really hoping it's actually you know this get, is. I think forty started, million. Actually, I didn't even see it. it just started can ringing right look now. Up can, hey, if anybody's listening on Twitter, I've got my Twitter feed in front of me in my little. Uh, Room here. I uh, just don't have the nerves to call in. Scale seventy two. You offer such good insight. Get on the phone and call in. Three two three six two two eight six two three. I'm calling you out. Uh, I do look like I've been flying all night. I have been flying all night, but my beard. I'll say this, CB Demented. My beard. Uh, I'm having a virtual conversation with myself, looking at the uh, the uh, my mentions on Twitter here. But I'm growing this beard for a part. you trying to communicate with me, boy.
3: Yeah, we got a call. Great. It's Make sure you can just chat
2: me with it. Um, let's see if that's, uh, who is it? Do we know?
3: It's a 203 area code.
2: 203. Scary. Okay, go ahead, 203. Let's hear it. Hello, hello. This is Sean. Who's this?
3: They just hung up.
2: Yeah, they got scared. No. It was cold scale 72 I love her. She does all this great tweeting and then gets nervous to, Call in. I'll drive the conversation, people. I have tons of thoughts about this debate. I could go on for two hours all by myself, but I want you to call in. Oh, I was just going to finish my thought because CB demanded said I look like I've been flying all night. This beard is for a part in a movie, and it's getting getting really scraggly within the next few weeks. So I apologize for not presenting a more, um, yeah, cleaner. No, I don't apologize. Looks good. So says my wife, not my kids. Okay. Um just do it. It's not that scary Yeah, see, Scarlet Moriel's talking. I love it. All right, hey everybody. I want to know what the pop, what the viewership was last night. I'm uh I don't I, I wasn't able to look it up. I was trying not to laugh at a person since you mentioned Oh, okay, nice. All right, so um the guys both looked great. I thought Obama looked a little tired. Um, not quite as tired as apparently I look right now, but uh, I thought he looked a little tired, but good. And, uh, I thought, uh, Mitt Romney looked, you know, like he stepped out of a a band box, like he always does. Um, you know, very, you know, kind of the, the, uh, the archetype for what you'd want a presidential candidate to look like, um, with their red, their blue ties respectively, uh, and their, their secret service pins, flag pins, uh, on their, on their, uh, jacket. Um, the backdrop, I guess it was the Constitution printed out on the on the board there. Um, uh, it's ruggedly handsome. Thank you, Christina. Bahouche never apologize. <laughs> I know. Um, if you talk about Medicaid, I may have to go get in on the convo. Roxical Lover, you better call in and talk about Medicaid. This is the thing about the, the about the debate is they were really slogging through their. Um, Really polished talking points, but what you got to see with both men was really how they process and justify for themselves the numbers that they use in their uh, on their stump speeches and and, and in terms of developing their policy. So I thought they looked. I thought a great. I thought um, Jim Lehrer, who's fantastic and has done 147 of these things, um, all the Big Bird talk. Uh, Bar Kim is mentioning the Big Bird talk that uh, Mitt Romney looks at Jim Lehrer at one point in the debate and says, "I'm going to cut your funding for PBS. I love you. I love Big Bird, but I'm not going to pay for you anymore." Wow. That was that – was, uh, I, th- I thought that was kind of a low point for him, actually, um, in what was a really, really uh, strong debate performance. I actually thought both guys were very good. Um, everybody wants to pick a winner and a loser, and so I think you'd have to give uh, Romney by a nose, and maybe a Pinocchio nose at that. But Romney by a nose um, because he was clearly in his element, and he had to be this good, had to. Uh, that his campaign for three weeks had just been being chipped away at with with a bunch of self-inflicted wounds. And uh, and he was looking shakier and shakier. And every time he opened his mouth, he seemed more disconnected, more out of touch. And um, and yet when he came in to this debate. It's like he'd been waiting his whole life for this moment. Um, and so his um, I he didn't have, you know, the big thing going into this speech was uh, the zingers. What kind of zingers is he going to be prepared to, uh, give? And it was, uh, I wouldn't say it was zinger free. Uh, he did, you know, Romney did say, you know, you had, you're entitled to your own airplane and your own house, uh, but not your own facts, which is sort of a play on that tired phrase. Go ahead th- throw them on there. If you want, Johnny, you got another caller I'm guessing or no. Okay. I just saw your hand no. movement there. Okay. That's okay. Um, so anyhow, he you know, it's a tired old phrase like you're entitled to your own opinion, but not your own facts is the is the uh, standard line that everybody always says now. Um, but uh, so he sort of turned it on his end and said, you got your own airplane. He, actually, Obama doesn't get his own airplane in his own house. That's the people's airplane in the people's house. We pay for that. And I, I could feel Obama thinking that, but just deciding it wasn't worth defending the image of himself on Air Force One or Marine One. Um, Obama put in a couple of zingers that were uh, sort of too cute and missed. Um, He said something about, um, you know, the Medicare. I think it was about Medicare when when, um, Obama's thing was a basic point of view is that Romney is not giving Details, for example, on tax exemptions that he's not giving—not uh, tax exemptions, but uh, yeah, but um, take it, cutting out some of the loopholes, the quote-unquote loopholes that exist in the tax code. So, for example, being able to deduct your um, the the your the interest on your uh, mortgage for your primary residence or something like that—is that something that Romney has in mind uh, to close up there? Uh, and, and, and he won't say. Uh, Instead, he says, actually, you know, they had a lot more in common than they had – than than you'd you'd think they would have. Um, I think the reason that Obama – the reason that President Obama looked a little shaken – he was a little nervous when he started, which was surprising, but I think it just was emblematic of the fact that he had – you know, he had something to lose and, and uh, Romney had something to gain. He had nothing to lose. So I, I think the look on their faces kind of, you know, t- told that story when they first started. And I think Obama was a little shaky because Romney was not Romney. Romney was um, a, a, a Republican in Democrat clothes. He he if the guy that Romney was last night had been campaigning, he would have he would have put away the nomination well sooner. So he had a lot more money to spend on the campaign and he'd have the White House much more on its back foot for the last six months, three months. Um, You know, he he he, you know, somebody got to him in that debate prep and convinced him of how important it was to make sure that the average voter knew that, at the very least, Romney understood that what their position was in life, which um, which Romney's had a terrible time doing, effectively. You know, when he talks about uh, an approach to governing or approach to policy. He does it from a, you know, what either seems like a, 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 you know, you could call it ideological, you could call it philosophical, you could call it principled, you can call it whatever you want, but it's a very, very specific worldview that he doesn't apologize for. And, you know, that, that stupid video that came out with him saying the 47% comment, which wasn't even really what he was saying, but, but yeah. that, um, it is sort of emblematic of his, um, unwillingness to do what every politician does, which is to say always, like, before I say this thing that's going to completely disagree with everything you're about, I want you to know that I understand everything you're about and I want to agree with it. That's what all politicians do. And tonight he did it, or last night, sorry, he did it. You know, he kept saying the middle class is being hammered, the middle class is being hammered, the middle class is being hammered, the middle class is being beaten up. You know, your policies are hammering them. And he 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 sounded... The way uh, most Democrats sounded under the Bush administration, you know, which is really having the rhetoric be all about the little guy. And it was one of the um, most aggressive and assertive ways and focused laser focused ways that uh, that Romney has been. And I watched almost I think I watched all of the primary debates where he was always very good, mostly, and 99% of the time, he was really good in those debates. Um, but his stump speeches and his other speeches and so forth. Um, yeah, go ahead and put 618 through. Um, you know, but, but this time he was invoking a populist rhetoric, and he did it in a number of different ways throughout. Hey there, it's Sean, who's this? Hello, hello. Hello. Hey, who's this? Uh, Sarah from Illinois. Sarah from Illinois. Oh, hey, Sarah. How are you? Sarah Moore. Yeah, yeah, I'm
4: good. How are you?
2: Good, good, good. Did you, uh, (laughs) how'd you enjoy the debate last night?
4: I, I really enjoyed it. This was, um, really the first time that I'd seen a debate like this. Um, and it was the first time that I'd seen, uh, Romney and Obama in, in action. I guess I'd, I'd heard a lot about both of them, especially about Mitt, and read a little bit about Romney. But um, I was really impressed. I think with with Mitt, and it it kind of um, it kind of reminded me of why I, I feel the way I do and why I'm Republican. So, how old are you? Uh, 23.
2: 23. So you could have voted in the last election. I uh, could you...
4: have. I was – um. I didn't register in time.
2: All right. So this is and the I, was,
4: I was disappointed.
2: So I was a little bit confused know, this... about Where... it.
4: I was going back and forth between two different places of living, and I guess you have to – I had registered at, at one residence, but I moved to another, and they wanted me to re-register and – a little complicated.
2: Well, I think that's one of the benefits of this campaign, that one of the stories they've been, that's been really focused on this campaign more than any of the others that I can remember in my lifetime is uh, is voter registration and, and the complexities associated with it and the ways in which sometimes, uh, you know, laws are are enacted and designed that make it easier and some that make it harder for, for people to uh, to to get themselves in there. So, but this is, you're successfully registered now. This is going to be your first uh, presidential you voted for. You're going to vote for Governor Romney, and you enjoyed watching the speech outside. Is there any, um, one of the things that I loved about the speech was that there was, aside from President Obama uh, wishing his wife a um, uh, happy anniversary, and Governor Romney saying, uh, just very quickly mentioning something about his son's Uh, You know, he lives in a house with a lot of sons who who, you know, say the same thing over and over again, hoping to get a different, you know, hoping that it'll it'll sound more believable. But aside from those, it was almost entirely focused on policy perspective and defending their policy stuff, which is really unheard of. I mean, the format of not the audience not being allowed to speak that's, I've seen that format a lot. And, and a lot of time it just feels awkward. Like, boy, if they're not allowed to say or do anything, what are they doing there? And then, and, and, and yet uh, uh, there's always somebody laughs a little louder. Somebody hollers out from the thing and the moderator has to turn around and say, excuse me, you know, we're going to wait until the disturbance is finished. And, but it definitely affects the, the whole shape of the debate. Like you, that's the thing you remember. And this time, it, there, there was a little chuckle at one point but it wasn't it wasn't distracting i don't think too much and and um did you think jim lair the the moderator was nervous he he seemed really nervous to me
4: i was i was nervous uh, for him i actually um it was pretty wonderful because um my parents weren't even home and me and my brothers we just like decided to watch the debate so we saw you know like an hour of of information prior to the debates and we were uh, discussing that. We were thinking, "Wow, we think the uh, the president and the governor are nervous, but but I, I wonder how nervous he must be." And he did seem, um, I wouldn't say nervous, uh, but maybe anxious um, yeah. uh, during during the debate. A little he's anxious, he's maybe.
2: He's one of the most uh, experienced people who do that. Usually, they get big uh, news folks to do it. You know, you'll have. Uh, uh, you know, like CNN anchor or somebody do it, like uh, Wolf Blitzer. Or last year in the in two thousand eight in the primaries, they had like a Facebook hosted one. And sometimes they'll have it where they try and get you know. Anyway, there's lots of different ways to do it. He is the most. I think he's the the veteran guy that does that. I just was a little surprised to see that he was. Um, he was anxious. And then, you know, I saw some comments uh, that that came through where people, you know, thought that they that they were really kind of disrespectful to each other. And I, by debate standards, I think they both chose to go, um, you know, 98 percent of it. I, I'd say I'd say Mitt Romney started it off referring to him as Mr. President. Really? be respecting the office, respecting the man, and located all of his disagreements from a from a very kind of uptoned place and I thought President Obama mostly did that, but a couple of times I thought he 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 you know got got kind of cute and uh and it didn't it didn't register but but just from I, I a,
4: sort of I, I sort of wish that um that obama would have uh engaged Romney a little bit more and maybe you know um, Romney was always um Looking at Obama and making making direct eye contact, and uh, I think o- Obama looked down an awful lot and just seemed uh, not, well, I don't no. want to say condes- condescending, but just as if maybe he wasn't that interested. Taking into account, of course, that that was his 20th anniversary, and I don't know how much I'd want to be debating on my 20th anniversary.
2: That was that was a very sweet way for him to open it up, but from that moment oh, at the end of that moment on he was all business the Do you know why he was looking down like that? There's a reason actually.
4: Well um, I thought that I read that he was that he makes notes or that he was taking notes.
2: Right, That's they all scary. they all do that. They all take notes. It's it's a uh, a question that since you said this is the first debate uh, that you've really watched, first full presidential debate that you watch that you that requires some historical knowledge that you don't have, which is that uh, for one, uh, Al Gore in a debate against Bush in two thousand was sighing, he just kept oh and shaking his head and. Oh, and he just and some people think it cost him uh you know the, a, a larger you know he would have had a larger margin of the popular vote if uh if he would have not seemed so petulant and sighing all the time um president uh bush senior uh, in a in a debate against Clinton, I think with ross Perot in it uh famously looked at his watch
4: i've seen i've seen clips of that actually I remember um my father talking about that um
2: when it was playing all over the place. Yeah, he 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 was um I think he actually got a very I think that was an unfair knock on him. I mean I really wanted Clinton to win, but I thought that, you know, in a debate you have a certain amount of time and he was he was I think he was looking to see how much time he had left because he was gonna craft he's crafting his argument in his mind as he was going, and the fact that he looked at it there and then happened to have to answer a question to a woman about whether or not he's personally affected by the by the, the bad economy or by the deficit or whatever, or by the debt, and he, he had a bad well, they, answer on that. He, he seemed they, a little they, disconnected. They really,
4: picked the, they really picked the candidates apart even um, prior to the debates. Um, they were having a discussion about uh... romney how he he writes the word dad out on a piece of paper and sets it in front of him and they were all discussing the reasons why he did that and kind of really delving into it and and picking it apart and i i can't remember who it was that said it but, but somebody just um... after they had talked about it for like ten minutes trying to analyze why he did that somebody just said well he, he's just writing the the word dad. i don't think we really need to go into it that much so i could tell that they really you know, any little thing that you do, like Obama looking down at, at a, t- a teleprompter for maybe what somebody thought was uh, too too long a time, they really uh, emphasize on that in the media.
2: Well, I, you know, we um, we overthrew a king to start this country. Um, if you can include people on in the conversation, sir. We're going to try and bring some more people into this chat. If you get knocked off, just know I really appreciate your call. I I, th- I think uh, you know it's, it, you're newer to this kind of discussion, but I think you you can see that it was it was fun and you contributed. And hopefully, other people will take from your example that that calling in is a is a good thing. So, um, okay, five eight six. Uh, who who's this joining us? Hi, my
5: name is Connie.
2: Hi, Connie. Welcome to the show. It's Sean. You, you've also, I think, got Sarah on. Are you still on, Sarah?
5: Yeah, I'm still here.
2: Great. So, Connie, what are you thinking?
5: Well, um, I actually didn't see the debate last night.
2: So what, and, so what are you thinking um, about Are you hearing all the uh, fallout from it at this point? What's that? Are you hearing the fallout from it at this point? I mean, was it uh, when you got to work or school or wherever you were today? Did you, is it on everybody's tongue? And you're sort of feeling like, man, I blew it.
5: Well, you know, um, I I voted for Obama, and um, as far as uh, Romney goes, I'm I'm from Michigan, and his dad basically uh, was from Michigan, and um, for him not to throw any support to Michigan as far as um, the auto industry and, um, you know, throwing all that support, he's basically bailed out on Michigan, I feel.
2: Connie, what, um, what business are, are you in? What, how do you, are you working these days? your family working? I'm just curious what your background is.
5: No, actually, I'm not working right now. Um, as far as like the rest of people in Michigan who, who aren't working and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not working right
2: now. All right. So you, when you're listening to this, uh, to these campaigns, you're, you're, I bet things like, um, unemployment benefits and those kind of things are, are are catching your ear. Is that a fair thought?
5: Uh, yes, it definitely is, because, um, you know, with the uh, unemployment as high as it is in Michigan, um, you know, the unemployment and also the, the medical care in this country, too. I've had several surgeries, and the the money that's put out there for medical care is outrageous.
2: So, well, I, w- I really wish you would have seen these debates, because they... they while they didn't talk in really in real detail that you could take with you like you know to the dining room table and and really work with it what they really covered was a kind of philosophical perspective about how to deal with with um healthcare costs and with uh with you know Creating jobs. I mean, they spent about a half hour, 35 minutes, just supposed to be a couple of minutes, but talking about how how can a president actually help uh, jobs be created and in Michigan? You know, I did a movie in Michigan in, in 2008. <clears throat> in fact, I was there right when the big uh, it was like, I think, September or October when the economy just went off a cliff in 2008 and i happened to be making a movie in michigan and and i was um and i was also doing some campaigning and i was i went to flint and and i was able to drive around and see some see some of the different uh places bell harbor and and some other cool places and so i i could i could see just you know with my own eyes that that it's a community that i mean even these these big office complexes these buildings that house like you know tons and tons of um you know office workers and stuff they were all empty they were like brand new but there were no businesses in them um so i, I could definitely see what was what was going on there when i hear them when i hear the politicians talking about the issues it, it even though i've got a political radio show and i i really pay attention to this stuff a lot i still find myself really uh it takes me a long time to get my head around exactly what they mean or what they're suggesting or what their little buzzwords mean i mean i think I think most people would say that um, Obama's made a pretty uh made it a centerpiece of his um of his campaign that he helped uh bail out uh the auto industry and I thought finally um for anybody who is supporting Mitt Romney are really curious to hear what was going on with Mitt Romney that he finally started to defend what his to explain what his position was that he didn't want you know when he said to let it fail he didn't mean like let everybody get laid off and have no more cars being made that it's more of a uh, a corporate restructuring that happens and that it's a part of the cycle and ultimately it would be in the long-term best interest of of the the workers is that do you buy that
5: well see the thing is as as far as you know retraining people to get into uh, the industry the technical industry in michigan there's not a whole lot of people, not a slam on people in Michigan, but there's not a whole lot of people in Michigan that are up to the task of of having to go to uh these schools and be retrained. And that's what I think is happening as far as n- there's no jobs being created. Well, you know, you get someone who's worked in retail and you get someone who's worked in um, a restaurant or whatever – they're just basically going to have to spend more money to go back to school to train to to get into all this technical work. They may not be qualified to do that.
2: well, one of the things Obama was talking about last night and and both got you know uh, Governor Romney said over and over again how important education was and how much he believed in good teachers and and so forth in a much more kind of emotionally um he felt much more emotional about it. He really felt he really was really making you believe that he that he cared just with the way he talked about it. But Obama was saying that you know, when they were talking about what can the federal government do, and Governor Romney was talking about, you know, letting the states do more and more of the the, the kinds of uh, education work and and so forth and healthcare decisions and this kind of thing. And Obama said, well, the federal government can play a really important role. And one of the things he said was they can help uh, community colleges um, coordinate with or incentivize them and Terms of um, the money they'd get from the government to work with businesses so that people would know if there was a specific job available, that they would get trained for that specific job. And they would know if they go through this process, this, you know, whatever it is, two-year community college, I, I suspect, uh, process, then they're going to have that specific job on the other end of it. So it's basically what he was saying is he he understands what you're saying is true. And his plan to fix this is is give money to community colleges as long as they work specifically with businesses to make sure that there are those jobs. And 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 I don't you know I'd love to see on my Twitter feed somebody uh jump in and defend what Romney said because I because I I I don't think he had a good response. It's a pretty good idea, right? I mean would you agree with that idea?
5: Right. Exactly. But then you have students on the other hand that are in debt because of having to pay back their tuitions And, you know, if companies would step up to the plate and and help out with these tuitions for these young people to get trained for jobs, that would definitely be a plus.
2: Yeah, well, you know, Pell Grants um, are something that I think in the stimulus package, and I could be wrong about this, but I I think in uh, uh, President Obama's terms so far they've increased a lot the the pell grants that help students go to college without racking up those loans that they're going to spend the next thirty years trying to pay off and um but it's interesting what you're saying is that if you can get actually get the company what i was saying but what i understood obama to say last night was the government should give money to the community colleges with a condition that they work with these businesses or get the businesses to work together. What you were saying is the businesses should actually pay for the education of the, of the, the workers that they're bringing in. I, um, I, I wonder about that because, uh, I remember seeing this movie once and, uh, an executive, a CEO of the company said that basically, you know, poor labor, poor people in wherever they are in Indonesia or, you know, wherever, Uh, In Africa, that they basically have a big flag that they're waving, saying, come here, we'll work for the cheapest anybody will ever work on on Earth. You know, we'll work for slave wages. And so the profit motive has the companies sort of look for those advantages and, and go to them. So is it in, you know an american company in michigan's interest from from a shareholder perspective from the 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 business you know profit motive perspective to to give money to a to a student i mean i guess they do that i guess I guess they will i mean the government the the military does that the military will pay for your school if you'll serve in a certain way because they're giving you an expertise that they need and that takes time but so maybe some businesses have a similar type deal but with the with the level of jobs you're talking about i just wonder if uh I just wonder if, it, if the federal government doesn't need to have some some role there. Okay, Connie, thank you so much for your call, and I appreciate. It. Good luck to you and everyone in uh, in Michigan, and uh, with deciding. Uh, if you, are you one of the undecideds? It sounds like you're mostly Obama, but are you are you a little undecided? Yeah,
5: I'm. I'm a little undecided. I mean, I have to hear some more, but you know, and you know what we built this country on, is you know our forefathers that we had. This country built on trust. We had this country built on uh, people helping each other. And pretty much a lot of the politicians just kicked us to the curb and said, you know what, if you don't like it, oh well.
2: Well, I think if you would have watched the debate last night, what you'd see is there is very little personal, if any, um, impugning their 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 ethics or their their – Um, their morals they both were standing there as equals you know with their own experience and they were talking about the issues you know in a lot of other presidential debates you know they'll be sniping about some personality defect or some you know um you know if they've had some indiscretion or they, they i mean there's a lot of things that they their campaigns and that they've accused each other of um you know the bain capital losing jobs or obama you know what he's what's happened with the debt under his or the you know under his tenure and all that stuff where they could really kind of attack each other, but they didn't they they really kind of treated each other like grown ups for the for the most part um so I, I you know i i can't wait for the second debate. I really hope that you um get online and watch this first debate I think with what you're yeah, talking you really better do that i'm I'm
5: going to get online and i 'm gonna watch the first debate and 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 judge it from there but uh, you know as far as the american I'm sorry?
2: Then watch the second debate and call back in because I think it'd be really interesting to hear your perspective after you've gotten the benefit of both of those debates.
5: Okay. And you know what, uh, Sean? I'm actually a big fan of yours. I've been <laughs> a fan of yours for years.
2: Well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much.
5: And my favorite movie, by the way, is Rudy. I love it.
2: Well, there you go. An American working class uh, dreamer. Um, oh, all for right. sure. Sure. So much, Connie, for the for the support and for contributing today. Sarah, I'm going to let you go because I have another 727 number calling in. I think we're maxed on our lines, but thank you for hanging in there. Do you have any last thought you want to offer?
6: Um,
4: I, I could just uh, I just like to say thank you for uh, the show. I really enjoy watching Vox Populi. I enjoy the information that I take from it. I, I actually know uh, what austerity means. I know what the CBO is now. <laughs> So um his you know thank you for doing this and giving an even playing field to to people that that
5: want to discuss politics.
2: Well, I uh it's my privilege. I'm, I I it makes me really happy to hear you say that because uh, uh you know, when I tell some of my friends or colleagues what I'm doing, you know, they're like the CBO for 2 hours. I'm like, "No, there's you could go on for 4. <laughs> Oh, I'm, I'm glad that uh, I, 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 you know, you, you're always so supportive, sir. So I, I appreciate you calling in and, and uh, uh, you know, keep uh, you know, keep contributing Twitter-wise. When uh, as you're as you're hearing, I think in the, this post-debate thing, Obama is going to recover from the what he would perceive as the new, Mitt, the, uh, a Mitt who was who uh, appropriating a lot of Democratic um, populist rhetoric and and style choices and i taken back by that so i think he's going to push back on that and uh and we'll see how they go back and forth it's going to be a month of really really interesting stuff so so um you know keep keep contributing when you when you see stuff on uh, on the twitter feed okay hello. bye for now and then we're going to go to this if we've still got him hanging in there the 727 number yes no johnny ice what he he's on hello who's this 727 who are you this is Dave. Hey, Dave. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind?
7: Hold on. I'm, I'm getting some feedback here. Okay. Uh, I'm getting some feedback here. Uh, you know, um, I watched a debate last night, and I have to agree, Romney sort of came out ahead as far as uh, the way he presented himself. And uh, 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 But uh, something very interesting Uh I'm a little nervous. Okay, uh, something very interesting. You know, nope. it's nope. sort of known that. The, I'm, I'm, I Can't hear you.
2: Just say, do be nervous. It's just you and me talking. I mean, honestly, I think the the other three people who were talking called in, and now they've gone off to dinner. So it's just you and me.
7: That's all right. Okay, um, you know, it's, it's sort of common, uh, a, a known secret that Obama really doesn't care for. For uh, Romney. And uh, uh, I think maybe one of the reasons why he was sort of off centered in his present uh, presentation might be because uh, he was trying to hide that.
2: Interesting. Well, I I always find the moment of the handshake at the beginning and the handshake at the end. uh, I stare at that so hard because they clearly do not like each other. I mean, most of the guys in this kind of thing, whether they ultimately will like it, can can afford to allow themselves to like each other, you know, as time and circumstance change, and they end up working together on something like Bush and Clinton did, you know, with Haiti or or uh, you know whatever whatever it may be, you know, time time affects people's relationships and and politicians like that. But you just I I look to see how they navigate the. I'm gonna try not to be disingenuous while I shake your hand because that's the tradition, even though I really don't want to even look at you right now. Moment, did you? What? How do you think they did on that thing? The initial handshake.
7: Um, you know, I can't remember the handshake actually, so uh, I really can't say. It's just that it's um, it's an onion seeker that he doesn't really like uh, Romney, and he's probably gotten a lot of advice from his advisors to, you know. Um, not let it show, and if you're confronting somebody, you know, that you really don't like, um, and you're trying to hide it, one of the uh, things is that you uh, you become a little bit too submissive or too um, unorganized.
2: I'll and, uh, uh, I'll build on that thought a little bit. I think that know, the Mitt Romney that he'd met a couple times in the past. From the little tidbits I've gleaned about the settings of those very brief interactions they had together, I think I I read five times. This was the fifth time they'd been in the same physical space together. But the speeches that Romney's given, the debates that Obama would listen to and watch and the opinion he would – the Mitt Romney who showed up last night was a much more likable guy. He was a guy who talked about how passionate he was about teachers and how passionate he was about people who were, you know, um, you know, not, who were who were disadvantaged. He taught. He talked a lot about people who, you know, about the country wanting to reach out and help each other. And he's done it in the past, but there was a quality of the way he did it that was that just felt, you know, sixty-seven percent more genuine and sincere, for my money, watching it than I've seen in other times where he feels like. In previous times, I, I thought he he almost resented having to do that because it should be self-evident that he feels that way. He shouldn't have to go out there and prove it. You know, he, he shouldn't have to prove to somebody that that he really cares about people. His life has been about that, is how he'd see it. So I think the fact that he came across as more likable was was. Uh, might've been jarring to Obama in the way that you're saying, you know, him trying to cover his dislike was it's like, Whoa, here's, here's a guy who, you know, and then he's, he start as the, as the debate wore on, it seemed to me that Obama started, you know, calibrating in the fact that the stuff that Obama, that, uh, that, that Romney was saying didn't really connect with a lot of the things that uh, the policy positions that he'd taken, uh throughout the last you know throughout the campaign which he had clearly spent at least a couple of days preparing himself to uh assault so you know is so just just as a um just as a chess move i thought romney you know w- was effective in that in that way um you know, one of the things, you know, style over substance that that is really important to understand. I think even though there wasn't a, a great amount of detail, the way I'm describing it is I think that they were incredibly detailed in terms of how they justify to themselves what their position is. So – the tax code is so complex there 's no way that these two guys who are at thirty five thousand feet are going to like drill into the, uh, the the details of what loopholes are going to be closed, just a couple of big ticket items like your home uh, you know the, the, your mortgage interest on your mortgage payment and a couple of other big ones you know so you're not going to get that level of detail, but in terms of understanding how they make a case for what they what they support. You know the the Obamacare, you know, uh, posture was I think I think there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of um, a lot to examine about the way that they they do that, and I actually think that the the American people you know we given a gift if they i bet it was hard i bet it was really hard did you find it easy to focus on everything did you find your mind wandering at all during the debate because of the the just amount of you know statistics that they were throwing out and sources that they were citing and you know and they were going back and forth on very kind of esoteric uh policy positions did you find did you were you able to just focus every second or how did you do with that
7: um, I was talking with somebody uh, at the to- uh, during the debate, and uh, so my concentration wasn't uh, totally focused word for word. Um, the what I uh, would pick up on, okay, very quickly, was uh, 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 the twisting of, of of certain ideas or certain uh, facts and I don't want to use the word facts, uh, uh, assumptions, you know, uh, to uh, make someone else look good. Now, if I have to say this between uh, Romney and Obama, I think uh, Romney um, failed, uh, did this more uh, than Obama did, okay, um, uh, you know.
2: He uh, he was we were, we're there to make himself look better that's what you're saying
7: right uh, or to justify his his beliefs um, um the um i just had a thought and it just disappeared and uh, do you think uh,
2: his beliefs
7: his his viewpoints okay uh, and his policies you know his uh, uh uh direction that he wanted to go um this question the
2: things, his viewpoints, pl- policies, beliefs, attitudes, this you know...
7: Is a, uh, this is a general term that that I'm using. I I can't right now think of anything specific uh, offhand. I don't uh, remember things well, you know, uh, yeah, by quoting somebody.
2: Let me ask uh, you this. Do you but, think uh, that those beliefs, uh, that, that that his worldview... His world he, view.
7: His, and it, his position on how the, how... how um, um, Okay, let me give you an example. Well, I can't really do that. Um, no, um, listen, I'm just too nervous right now. I can't so, think.
2: I want to ask a. Spe- let me finish my question. I have a, a very uh, a, a, an interesting. I think it's an interesting question, and it's and it requires a subjective answer, right? It just it's just a guess answer. There's no way. There's no right or wrong answer to it. The question is this: Do you think if he was able to have You know, most or a huge portion of his ideas and policies put into place. Do you think they would have the effect that he thinks they would have?
7: Are you talking about Romney or or
2: Obama? For the moment, let's talk about Romney. Uh,
7: No, I don't. uh, The effects that he has that will uh, happen um, is contrary to what he was saying uh, in the. uh, uh, He was uh, supporting. uh, He was uh, promoting. uh, you know the average American, and uh um, I do not think that his effects are are designed for the benefit of the masses okay I believe that uh uh the upper classes okay now where you draw the line that's questionable okay um but uh the educated um the uh uh, uh upper classes uh you know it's it's your status quo um, you know um, and i my my basic philosophy is in the past 20 30 years okay the focus has been changing uh to a more of a, a um, uh a society that is um, less concerned about the people Okay and who are the people the people are, are 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 the masses and uh uh i'm seeing things you know that are affecting them making lowering their standard of living okay making life harder okay and uh, uh and i don't see romney what he said last night he gave the impression he was for the- uh for the for the for the people but i think he's big uh uh for uh, for the status quo okay and that includes big business uh and the and the upper elite um i don't think he relates well to uh uh people you know trying to uh pay all the bills okay Um, you know worried about uh um uh uh, just getting uh, through through the daily um, regime of life, and you know, I'm not saying that that society has to cater directly for 100 percent to the people. But if the people get left out, okay, one day, uh, you know, it's they're going to find that it's going to be hard. And this is what I'm seeing, and I believe Obama has more of 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 uh the people in in his ha- in his heart and in the plants now do i expect change right away no i don't expect change right away because uh you know uh the president doesn't make the laws the laws are made in in congress and and you have to convince a lot of people to uh, uh agree with you or work with you the laws passed, and then usually the laws take time to be enacted. Um, a good example is Obamacare, okay? Um, it's not going to go into full effect for, for a couple more years, okay? And then we still won't be able the full effect until about ten years from now. That's the way I look at it, and, um, think you think know, I think made the mistake of calling in, and I'm so, sorry um, – but uh, I really do believe Obama was 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 uh, 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 did a poor job uh, compared to Romney on uh, the debate. And but I wonder strongly if it is because he was trying to uh, uh, follow his his advisor's advice and play it cool. So thanks for uh, having me.
2: Okay. Thanks. I uh, I think you uh, made some really good points. Thank you for your call. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. So, you know, there there's a few things in there that I think are worth uh, kind of pulling out, and one is this idea that you know you can only get so much out of a debate. You know, even a, even a debate that everybody feels is is you know quality, it's respectful, it's, it's respectful as as respectful can be in that situation, and is. Um, you know, filled with interesting information and philosophical perspective and so forth. There's still only so much you can gain. And, you know, uh, I've heard recently it described a couple of different times that, you know, making a decision, uh, a a big decision like who you're going to vote for for president by looking at a snapshot of a specific uh, jobs number that comes out or even a four or five year number may not be, uh, you know, The wisest course of action that sometimes you have to step back and look at, you know, trends that happen over over decades and and, uh, you know, allow that to at least inform some of your thinking. So so I think what he was partially getting at was that, uh, you know. There's there's hyperbole and overstatement with presidential candidates, it's not their bill. You know, it's it when they say it's their plan, I think it's a little bit easier to swallow because, it, it, you know, they may have a plan and then they've got to work with the Congress and everything else. But, you know, they uh, I, I thought that President Obama a couple of times said things like I did this or I did that, which, uh, you know, I think were in bounds. What was the, one of the examples? I um, was it about the unemployment rate or was it about uh is about the uh, keeping keeping your uh kids on your health uh care until they're 26 or something like that. Anyway, something he said, he said, well, I said I was going to do this and I did it. And it was like, well, no, you had to work with several hundred other congressmen, you had to work with the Senate, and you it had to get, you know, appealed to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court thing. But people basically understand that in a presidential debate, uh and I started to say this with uh with Sarah, I think, was that you know we we overthrew a king king george and you know we and tyranny of a you know of a, a despot and we we fought against fascism in this country but there's something in the human condition that wants a strong leader and so you end up paying attention to the color tie they wear and uh, just all little kinds of nuances about their, their clothes, their hair, their, their way, their, their speaking style, their uh, you know, all the, the facts of their life, you know, you, and it's, it's excessive. Like what, what difference does it make? You know, what difference does it make who uh, you know, what somebody did so long ago, you know, a decade ago or two decades ago. I mean, We end up saying, you know, that that informs, uh, that helps us understand who they are as a person and understanding who they are as a person is important because, you know, the person's going to have nuclear launch codes in their jacket pocket and you, you won't want, you know, and there's no rules. Voters don't get a rule ball. You know, we don't, nobody, nobody says to us, these, this is what you should pay attention to. These are the, these are the four things your president should have. Um, Maybe we should have have that. Maybe somebody – maybe one of you listeners out there ought to put together a little uh, voter checklist, voter guide or something like that. Anyway, let's get back into the – let's get back into the – we're going to go to a break here in two minutes, I guess. But uh, and when we come – you know what? Leading into the break, I'm going to play a little bit of the debate because it's just – and I'll just kind of cherry pick it here. Um, All right. There's Jim Lehrer see what
0: we got okay good so so i'll get rid of that i'm sorry jim i'm gonna stop the subsidy to pbs i'm gonna stop other things i like pbs i love big bird actually like you too but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna keep on spending money on things to borrow money from china to pay for us that's number one number two i'll take programs that are currently good programs but i think it'd be run more efficiently at the state level and send them to the state number three i'll make government more efficient i to cut back the number of employees, combine some agencies and departments. My cutbacks will be done through attrition, by the way. This is the approach we have to take to get America to a balanced budget. The president said he kept the deficit in half. Unfortunately, he doubled it. Trillion-dollar deficits for the last four years. The president has put in place as much public debt, almost as much debt held by the public as all prior presidents combined. Mr. President, two minutes. When I walked into the office...
8: I had uh, more than a trillion dollar deficit greeting me. Uh, and we know where it came from. Two wars that were paid for on a credit card, two tax cuts that were not paid for, and a whole bunch of programs that were not paid for, and then uh, a massive economic crisis. Uh, and despite that, uh, what we've said is, yes, we had to take some initial emergency measures to make sure we didn't slip into a Great Depression. But what we've also said is, let's make sure that we are cutting out those things that are not helping us grow. So 77 government programs, everything from aircrafts that the Air Force uh, had ordered but weren't working very well. 18 government government programs for education that were well-intentioned but weren't helping kids learn. We went after uh, medical fraud in Medicare and Medicaid uh, very aggressively, more aggressively than ever before. And have saved tens of billions of dollars, fifty billion dollars of waste taken out of the system, and I worked with Democrats and Republicans to cut a trillion dollars out of our discretionary domestic budget that 's the largest cut in the discretionary domestic budget since Dwight Eisenhower. Now, we
2: all know that we 've got to do more oh, Well, go ahead, Johnny, why don 't you go to break on that thought? Pretty good. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network,
0: radio worth watching.
3: The Soda Stream Soda Maker is fun as hell. The kids are going to love it. There's 50 different flavors, and it's healthy. There's no fruit toast, corn syrup, or aspartame. So pick one up at Bed Bath & Beyond, Target, Macy's, Kohl's, and Walmart. Or just go to sodastream.com. This is your old PBX phone system. I won't be in today. I'm feeling kind of pricey. My hardware is acting up, and i got this big hole where my features should be, and I'm tired. I think I just need to lay here today, okay? Bye. Switch to RingCentral for a cloud-based phone system. There's no hardware to set up. It's loaded with features like smartphone and tablet management, and it's priced from $19.99 a month per user with unlimited calling. RingCentral, phone systems reimagined. Sign up for a free trial at RingCentral.com. Whether it's a serious fall, fire danger, or other type of home emergency, Life Alert is there for you. The company with its slogan, Help, I've Fallen, and I Can't Get Up, protects its members. Here are some of them.
5: When you have a heart attack like I did and there's no one there, Life Alert was there for me.
3: Having a secure feeling through Life Alert is ideal.
5: My independence is possible because of it.
3: Now, Life Alert can also protect you in a fire emergency with a system that automatically notifies our monitoring center.
8: Thanks to Life Alert, you can live alone without ever being alone. With Life Alert
3: protection, elderly people can avoid or delay going into a nursing facility. For a free brochure about Life Alert service, call now. 1-888-443-5588. That's 1-888-443-5588. Call Life Alert now for your free brochure at 1-888-443-5588. Are you an inventor? Or do you know an inventor who would like to attempt to have an idea or invention patented and submitted to industry? For free information on how to get started, call InventHelp toll-free at 1-800-762-7000. InventHelp is America's largest invention company. Their referrals have helped inventors secure more than 7,000 patents. And they can provide free inventors' information for you. Find out how to record your invention's date of origination and get an informative brochure and other material of interest to new inventors. Get started by calling 1-800-762-7000. Even if you have an idea for improving an existing product, you'll want to get this free inventor's information from InventHelp. Find out how to try to patent your invention and submit it to industry. Call now to get your free inventor's information. Call 1-800-762-7000. That's 1-800-762-7000. My mum always says hard
2: work never hurt anybody. Good advice as usual. So we worked very hard to make Geico.com very easy. Say you want to report a claim and follow its progress. You can do it all online at geico.com. Not to mention perhaps saving a tidy sum of money on your car insurance. All it takes is a few clicks. So visit geico.com today. Oh, and Mum, if you're listening, yes, I did wash behind my ears this morning.
1: Gift giving can be stressful. Birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, and the list goes on. Don't let your next special date sneak up and catch you unprepared. You're just a click away from the perfect gift at redenvelope.com. Redenvelope.com has always been the place online to find extraordinary, one of a kind gifts, but now it's even better with hundreds of amazing gifts. Whether it's cool gadgets or awesome sports stuff for him or a customized piece of jewelry for her, you'll find it all at redenvelope.com. Fast, easy, and perfect. What more could you ask for? How about 20% off? Everything plus our signature red gift box free. Okay, done. Just go to redenvelope.com and enter promotion code HURRY at checkout. No one needs to know how easy it was for you to find such a great gift. That's our little secret. You can even schedule that special gift delivery weeks in advance. But hurry, this deal won't last forever. So go to redenvelope.com right now and enter promotion code HURRY at checkout to get 20% off everything plus our signature red gift box free. Go to redenvelope.com code HURRY. That's redenvelope.com promo code hurry.
3: The food in your grocery store comes with an expiration date, but the hard drive in your computer doesn't. Without warning, your computer could crash, and you could lose your files forever. Are your files backed up right now and ready to survive a crash? They will be if you have automatic online backup from Carbonite. Plans for home and small business start at just $59 a year. Start your free trial at Carbonite.com with offer code PROTECT and get two bonus months with purchase. Carbonite.com. Offer code PROTECT.
0: You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. Welcome back to Vox Populi, the voice of the occasionally interested people. Welcome to hour number two of Fox Populi, a political talk show for people who spend more time managing their lives than their point of view. Here's your host, Sean Astin.
2: Hello, hello, Johnny. Can you hear me in the studio? There we go. Don't know how that happened. Hi, everybody. Sorry for the little technical glitch there. Welcome back. We're going to get into our second hour here. Discussion of the presidential debate, first presidential debate of 2012. It was awesome. I loved it. I loved every second of it. Found myself getting a little frustrated once in a while, but never like I usually do. I, I was actually... I was like watching a couple of good fighters work it out in the ring. So let me play. We have some voicemails uh, that came through. I encourage you to, um, to do more of that. It's 626 Vox Talk uh, is the uh, 626 Vox Talk. And you can leave a voicemail message. Let's hear what uh, our first caller said.
6: Hey San um, Jose. Here's my opinion on what happened with the debates yesterday. I think um, it was clear that Romney did win the debates yesterday. He came off a little bit more personable. He had eye contact. He had um, smiles, smiles here and there. He looked at Obama. Um, he looked at the audience of reporters that were out there. And what uh, came across is a little bit stern, um, a little stoic, and I think that is going to sway a lot of the undecided voters. Um, listening to a couple of the comments yesterday after the debate, there you were know, a couple of undecided who clearly said that Mitt Romney appeared to care about them a little bit more. Um, so a lot of the comments today that I'm hearing or that I'm reading about talk about more of the disposition of candidates, rather than actual substance, um, which is concerning. It's concerning that people will—I don't want to overgeneralize—but it's concerning that there are going to be individuals out there that are going to interpret what happened yesterday as Mitt Romney. Um, God, how do I express it? I guess to be able to say that people are going to go out there and believe that Mitt Romney was more credible. Um, And if you're looking at fact-checking, which very few people I think will take the time to actually look at um, the Washington Post, or will look at PolitiFact, Mm -hmm. or um, the other one that I just can't think of, but there's going to be very few that are actually going to look up each of the statements and find out whether or not the statements were true. So I go back and I think about the time there when there was a time when we would listen to, the, or not we, because I'm a little bit young for that. But there was a time when debates were listened to on the radio, and it was about substance, and it wasn't necessarily about how one presented himself or how one looked. And there's a shift because that's no longer the case um, today. What everyone is talking about was um, how personable. Um, Mitt Romney came across and Obama wasn't. And therefore, the assumption is that Obama wasn't prepared or that he was irritated um, or even came across as angry. And um, it's hard to believe that the President of the United States would be um, agitated or irritated, that it might be his personal uh, disposition. Um, but it's not coming across that way And that's what's a little bit concerning. Um, but it is what it is. And
2: um, I hope people call in. Than- well, all right, but she got cut off. I think she called in again. Hey, i
6: this is again. I am calling to go over some of the false
2: claims that were. Okay, go to the, go to the 314 caller because uh, Lou is going to get into some detail there. We'll do that in a sec, but I see the caller's here. Hello?
9: Hey. <laughs> Hi, how are you?
2: I'm good. Who is this?
9: This is uh, Louis from St. Louis. How are you?
2: Hi, hey, Louis. I'm doing great. It's, uh, it's, it's oh, late now. Louis, In- like
9: St. Louis. <laughs> Louis Van Reed. I called you last week. Okay,
2: Good to hear you. So what do you think of the debate?
9: So, I tell you what, I was not around last night to be able to see the debate, and I was too busy this morning to get the chance to see it. So that's what was important to me, to get the opportunity to listen to your show this afternoon and see what your take was on it. I kind of figured you would do what you did, which is not go too much toward the pundits and all that, but want to form your own opinions and put those out first, which I appreciate. Um, I very much... Want to make a statement about how we have turned politics into, in this country into such a cult of personality. Um, I sent you an email, I guess, about a week ago with Howard Stern and his seven and a half minutes of Guy on the Street.
2: I, I listened to it, actually. I listened to it. It was rough. It was rough. <laughs> it was rough to listen yeah, to it. Yeah, it was a rough,
9: wasn't it? <laughs> And uh, anyway, uh, if if I run over you, please pardon me, because I'm getting a lot of interference here in Missouri, and you're all the way in Bond, where my family comes from, as a matter of fact. But anyway, um, I just wanted to say that we seem to have an idea in this country. Most people, they don't want to really understand what they're voting for, who they're voting for, and they end up categorizing people by – How friendly they are, what they look like, what they're wearing, uh, whether or not, like we were just talking about the last lady who called and mentioned about how, you know, people were characterizing Obama as being upset that day. Obama has a lot of different things that he can certainly be upset about. He's president of the United States. He has pressures that none of us can possibly understand. Uh, Romney has a lot of things to be, the lives they live are so far Beyond what we can really get a grip on, and uh, the commitments that they're willing to make as people in politics, trying to run a nation, uh, it's it's quite a it's quite a huge commitment. And I just pretty much have gotten to the point that we elect a guy because he talks nice, or because he's uh, because he's personable, because he would make an excellent character in a film somewhere um, i'm really beginning in my old age to resent that and i just think that as people are going to the polls this fall they really really ought to get more uh, interested in what these issues are truly about and form their own opinions and not let somebody say oh i like the way that guy looks let's just vote for him I, I think it's aggravating me so i called you up because i was aggravated and i figured you would
2: understand I completely understand uh, I'm, I'm working. Uh, it's it's the reelection campaign of my, one of my children for student council. And, and uh, it's it's very and and my child has a very astute. Uh, you know, fingers on the pulse of what the kids want. And so there just has to be uh, something funny or something silly in the speech. She's got a couple of things of substance to talk about that was accomplished. You know, it's funny that there was a there's a carnival at the at the school and the carnival for budget reasons kind of went away and everybody was upset. They liked the carnival. It was actually a good fundraiser. But, you know, it's, it's hard to balance what what to do and so forth. Well, in one of the student council meetings, she said, you know, when asked you know, that the students really missed the carnival. So while well, the carnival's back in now, and you know, oh my can gosh. she legitimately stand in front of her fellow students and say, you know, I brought the carnival. No, she didn't bring the carnival back. And I was like, well, you can say that you made sure their voices were heard in the meeting. You did that. That's <laughs> right. She did do that. That's right. <laughs> Is this your own list? The middle one, the The oldest, the oldest one was uh, actually the student council didn't exist. She, she actually invented that she, it it had, and it had been gone for years and she brought it back and that she's a, uh, she's, I could go on for a long time about my, my sweeties, but let me, to your point about the cult of personality, I started this whole radio show off, I don't know, 15, 16 episodes ago. I don't even know how many, but a lot of episodes ago now asking, trying to figure out how to start the conversation with an audience that wasn't there yet. And the question that I had was, are you, are you out there a single-issue voter? And what I clearly had in mind was uh, pro-life, pro-choice. Because in my travels yeah. in the political realm, there are great people for whom that single – Decision that single, you know, position on that issue is is what they base their entire decision on. So you know, yeah. war and peace, healthcare and education, you know, all the other things are important, but take a backseat to that one issue. So it's to me that you have these kind of those represent two uh, poles, you know, people who. Completely, you know, uh, have a make a decision based on one thing that's in their control. It's in their control to decide: Are you with me, or are you not on that issue? And depending on where you are, I'm going to make my choice. And then when you start getting into, and I'll play Lupe's thing here in a little bit because I I can see the transcript. She goes onto a lot of details. She's trying to fact check and so forth on the on some of the stuff from last night, but. When you get to a certain moment in exploring the details, you, you almost – you lose yourself in the data. It just has to happen. Yeah. And the very best that someone can do is to is – to, after a certain amount of study and focus and listening and conversation and so forth, is step back and maybe refine for themselves something like their own philosophy about how it's best pursued – you know, when people look to their yeah. churches or they look to their uh, they, they look to their, their unions, they look to a lot of different places to help them, give them guidance, to orient them to the to the stuff. But as independent, free thinking human beings, it's on us to kind of say, like, boy, I heard a lot about the tax code last night and how the tax code might affect regular Americans. I mean, I, I heard at least 45 minutes on it, maybe an hour. And it was complex and it was. Uh, and there were things that were clearly, you know, Mitt Romney absolutely uh, uh stripped away some of Obama the underpinning of some of, of Obama's kind of core stump speech, his, his basic uh campaign stuff. Now he had great stuff. You know, I don't think you can get you you can let it um. You can get carried away saying that Mitt Romney, you know, won this debate. I think he came across as strong, but I don't think he hands down won it. I think, I mean, in the sense that Obama consistently, you know, patiently, uh, somewhat, um, uh, what's the word when you're a little, uh, well, I, you know, it, 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 with a little bit of, I don't get want to legs.
5: call it.
2: Dis- <laughs> it's not your word.
5: <laughs> what
2: word did you use? I was going to say disdain but it was too hard.
9: Um Sorry. I was just commenting. In- I was just
2: We have a little delay here in Germany so what, say what you were just thinking cuz I've got I know what mine is.
9: I said I said uh, you were losing your word because you have jet lag. You need some sleep. <laughs>
2: That's, this is probably true, but the uh, the word that I I found is incredulity. He was a little incredulous at the. Shape shifting that Mitt Romney did from a guy who, for weeks, had been clearly out of touch with people to somebody that Bill Clinton could have learned from in terms of elegance. When when Clinton said, "You know, I feel your pain," like "I feel your pain" was exactly what the country wanted to hear at that moment, but it was a little like obvious. Mitt Romney tripled down on that eth- you know ethos and just and just really you know just wrapped his arms around around certain ideas, but it was. A little startling to uh, to the president, but the president, you know, defended his case, defended his administration, defended the laws that have been passed. In in the case of Obamacare, which he sort of laughingly appropriated, he says he he likes that word now. Uh, you know, he talked about you know it was it, it was it went to the Supreme Court. It was defended, so uh, you know I I think it's we you know. People shouldn't oversimplify a reading on the outcome of the debate. It's everybody wants to know who won and who lost. So if you if you say you know choose, I have to choose, and I'd say uh, Romney won it. But it's it's much more detailed than that. And to finish the point I was making in response to your thing with the cult of personality. There comes a moment when the facts are overwhelming, when the nature of the way uh, to get to what the other caller was saying, uh, you know, it takes legislation, time to get cooked up and and debated and hashed and rewritten and back and forth and, you know, vetoed and whatever. At a certain point in there, you sort of – I think it's a natural instinct for people to just give themselves over to someone. You know, and if you're you going to do that, you're if you're right. gonna yeah. ultimately say, I just have to trust you and have you were talking about trust in the system and so forth. You you, you know, I, I have to trust in you that you're going to, you know, hopefully not uh, be involved with, uh, you know, girls inappropriately. Hopefully you're not going to, you know, lie to the country about, you know, uh you know, like Nixon and getting impeached and so forth, you know, who who are you, you know, assuming everybody is the people left in the, in the game at this point, Obama and Romney, between the two of them, you know, which are you going to sort of say, I have work to do, I guess I'll give you the vote and hope you know what to do with it. I think people want that 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 level of comfort. Now I don't think I know why you're frustrated with it because it seems like it's it's lazy like they're abdicating their their civic duty of of concentrating on the issues and really you know making an informed choice. But there are so many issues. There's so you know there are yeah, so many that is, things that and you may agree with one of them on on you know 3 out of 7 or something. You know how do you do you how do you weight that? It's a very it's a it's a and voters don't want to take that kind of you. The people who listen to this show, uh, it's funny because I, I sort of jokingly call it, you know, voice of the occasionally interested people. But the real audience of this show are people who care desperately and really want to, you know, figure out what they're what they're uh, what they're going to do. Most of them already know what they're going to do, but and like just advocating for it. But but anyway, I would just I'm just pushing back on you a little bit to say that you know, to you know, if you look to the big. Um, Party conventions, and you see the the old woman who's been at every convention for you know forty years, and she always wears her buttons and her straw hat with a little thing in it, you know, uh, with Ike button in it, <laughs> you know. what I mean, like there, yeah. there, there, should be. It's it's okay, to my way of thinking, for their you know, at the end of the debate last night, uh, Michelle Obama came up and and seemed to console the president. Uh, It was very clear from Mitt Romney's face that he was beaming. He was so happy. And his family, his very large family, piled up on stage, and he picked the one daughter up or grandchild up and hugged his son and hugged his wife. And it was a a very American moment for them and their family, and there's no denying it. And uh, and then then the president – you know who's a class act. You know I don't care if people don't respect the the fact that he's got some grace and elegance going on. Then I I also don't want to hear what their opinion is about how they disagree with his policy because the guy carries himself very very well and he's a credit to the country. And, and his, they walked over and they they shook hands and they congratulated almost and and you know they they just gave a very. They they passed my uh, genuine meter. All of them did. All of them on the stage. I think the I think the debate was a, and and once you and I get off, maybe you can. If you want to listen, I'm gonna play. Uh, I'm I'm gonna play Lupe's uh, speech because uh, she she is fact checking. Do you want to listen to it and then maybe chime in, or you want to jump off?
9: I'll tell you what, I'll jump off because I know that you have other folks waiting out there, and I want to get their opinions, too. You've got about 35 minutes left, so I'll let you go. But, uh, yeah, thanks a lot, and uh, try to stay well and happy over there, okay?
2: We're gonna have some good fun this weekend and and uh, take care of good old good old St. Louis. Uh, okay, so what I want to do is try and transition into a little bit more fact based stuff because we've gone over the style issues. I mean, there was a lot of stuff. So let's let's hear what Lupe uh, puts in there and uh, CB Demented and and um, Jason. Why don't you guys call and leave a voicemail with your facts or, or your uh, your rebuttal here and I'll play your thoughts. Okay, here we go. Yesterday,
6: thank you to FactCheck.org. PR, the Washington Post, and PolitiFact, here are some of the claims that went out. Um, Obama accused Romney of proposing a $5 million tax cut. That's not true. Romney actually proposed to offset his rate and He promised that he won't add to the deficit. Romney promised not to reduce the taxes paid by high-income American, high Americans. Lower, he also uh, said he would lower taxes on middle-income families, but he didn't say how. How he, how he could possibly accomplish that without increasing the deficit. Uh, Obama oversold his health care law. He says that it's gone up slower than any other time in the last 50 years, and that's true in health care spending, but it's not necessarily true if it's premiums. Romney claimed um, that there is a new board that's been established by the Affordable Care Act that's going to actually tell people what kind of treatment that they can have.
2: Oh, okay, I want to... That one um I was really surprised that obama didn't wasn't more strident in his rebuttal of, of romney's uh repeated hammering at this idea that there's a panel a non elected panel who's going to be making decisions about your about people's uh health care and obama did did come back and say that um they were you know healthcare professionals who were identifying best practices and were going to make recommendations based on that. But, but the connotation from Mitt Romney was back to the Sarah Palin kind of you know death panels that, you know, if you're if you uh if you have some issue and you're gonna you need to decide if you're gonna get another uh another test, another x-ray or another angiogram or another whatever. And, and it's, you know, maybe elective or maybe it's not or whatever that, that this panel is going to come in like like, uh, like those guys at the beginning of star Wars, you know, get your day, get your day, and <laughs> tell you what you, what you can and can't do. That's just, that's just um, inaccurate. And I'm I was surprised that Obama didn't pick up on the innuendo a little bit more there and, and, uh, and fight back. He did, he did explain, what the purpose of it was, so he confirmed what Romney was saying, that it existed, but he did not. Um, I, do, I don't think he spoke to the the, the the shadow insinuation.
6: That is not true. It's only, recommend, it's only recommending cost saving measures uh, for Medicare, um, and it's legally forbidden. I mean, private sector jobs had been created in the past 30 months. It's actually four point six according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Momney accused Obama of doubling the federal deficit. That's not true. The annual deficit was already at 1.2 trillion of when Obama took office. Obama said he'd raise taxes on upper income persons. Um, actually many of the high income um, individuals pay more than they did before just because of the the, the new taxes in the Obama's health care law. Romney claims that middle-income Americans have seen their income down by $4,300. In actuality, it is $2,492. Um, and Obama said um, his $4 trillion deduction plan, which includes $1 trillion from winding down wars that are coming to an end in any event. So basically they're saying that Obama shouldn't um, talk about a four trillion deficit reduction plan with one trillion coming down from the war when that would ultimately have happened anyways. Um, but there was also something that uh, Romney said he came off sometimes exaggerated. He said twenty million people might lose their health insurance. And he he yeah, decided I'm
2: that- I'll just jump in on that. They um whenever either one of them makes some comment about twenty million this or seventy million that or you know, forty million, and and they're talking about something that's going to happen based on the implementation of a of a plan. I uh, boy, I sort of, you know, I take it with a huge grain of salt with with any of them. You know, we were talking about Sarah was talking about uh, having learned about the CBO, and sure enough, we heard uh, Romney reference the CBO at one point. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. It's just so the, the layers of complexity are, uh, just frustrated. So I just, and when it said with such authority and the idea that you would win a debate point like that, um, by saying, you know, you, you're 20 million people are going to be off of healthcare. If you do that, it's like, whoa, well, geez, really, really 20 million people uh, or people, I don't know, maybe that's what my, uh, there's just a leap. There's this leap that has to happen between hearing the ideas that are put and what's likely to happen. And the question I was trying to get out with the earlier caller was, do you believe, I guess with either one, but for some reason because Romney is the challenger uh, and he's talking about, um, you know, he's talking about the tax code the way he is and everything. You know, I wonder if everything, if he got everything he wanted, in there, would it have the result he intended? Because for me, the and, and I'd love for you guys to call in and disabuse me of this. Um, it seems to me like the conservative position about, you know, he said there are three ways of uh, fixing the debt. One was uh, cutting spending and the other is raising taxes. And the third is growing the economy, making the pie bigger so that each piece is is bigger. So the total pie. So that third one, which is really like, I think, where the the joy is going to come for America. You know, um, everybody talks about Clinton's, you know, the prosperity and everything. But The Internet had just come along then. So I'm not sure what – I'm not sure what – well, my thing is the amount of time it takes to grow that pie, to to grow the economy, such that the added revenue can be used to protect some of those other, um, you know, in Mitt Romney's case, the folks that he thinks the government does have a responsibility to take care of. I just wonder in my way of thinking, look, what, what happens to those people in the meantime, you know, or do you wait? Do you, you don't eliminate some of the programs, uh, some of the benefits some of the programs right away, you sort of maybe slowly try to scale them back. And then as the economy grows, you, I don't know. I sort of feel like they're probably a lot closer to each other than uh, either, either of them would want to admit, because when it gets right down to it, um, what it, once the real decision-making, the real legislating gets done, there's, you know, there's probably a way to make that gap pretty small, but anyhow, okay. Let me keep playing. Uh, what uh, Lupo said.
6: When actuality, it's between three and five million. He also said that there are our out of work. In actuality, they're probably point. and he also kept on going over and over again. Uh. Okay.
2: So she cut out there, um, you know, th- there's a couple of things, you know, they talk about private sector jobs created, private sector jobs created. That's because <laughs> that distinction wasn't always made in that way. It used to be just jobs created. And then people would say like, yeah, but a lot of those jobs you're talking about having created are government jobs. And that's just adding to the, uh, you know, adding to the size of government and so forth. So now the, the, the bragging rights are who helps Make more private sector jobs. That's just one little, little distinction. There's, um okay, hold on. Here's one from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Hi,
6: Sean. This is Emmy, otherwise known as Sunny Weapons from last week. I just wanted to leave a comment about the debate last night. Honestly, I think as far as the question goes, Romney um, well, had the upper hand. Because he definitely had at the debate. I mean, was incredibly
2: disrespectful to the moderator. But she's she's saying that uh, that Romney was disrespectful to the moderator. Um, I would disagree with that. I think that they were uh, that you know the the referee is in a tough uh, tough position, and the athletes can try and push. I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was too much. I actually thought. I wonder. Um, I still don't know how many people watched the debate last night. That's the fact that I'll look up maybe during a commercial break. But the uh but wondering how many people watched it, I and how many minutes each candidate spoke. I got the sense that Jim Lair was was uh a little bit more um affected by Romney's um, you know protestations and his request for more time. I, I think the president uh was a was a little bit more you know, easy going with him. You know, he, he would give in a little bit faster. He would just kind of give that big smile that <laughs> really meant I'm angry, but, <laughs> but I'm smiling. Uh, so, anyhow, all right, let's listen a little bit more. As far as the court session shows, um, well, definitely showed that he was a bit more
6: effective than
2: Obama. Um, you say he was more effective. In the
6: next- debate. more of a, more on a it's, it's defensive. Um, and hopefully, get a better. I guess
2: stronger. All right, it's a little hard to hear, so I'm gonna I'm gonna jump off of that. Um, ooh, thank you very much, Johnny Ice. Just told me that 40 million people watched the debate. Really? That's the number they threw out there. Where'd you get that? I don't believe it. Um, considering the end result last night. Okay, Mount Carmel, 86 minutes ago. Let's hear what Mount Carmel has to say.
5: Considering the end result of last night's debate between Obama
9: and Mitt Romney, I think it has become very conclusive that if Mitt Romney
5: continues to kick Obama's bottom in the way he done it, it's, there's no doubt who should be the next president in a perfect scenario. However, unfortunately, the entire United States or the vast majority has their peaky ideals and suggestions of their own self choices for their own self, selfish reasons of who the next president should be, regardless of who Deserves to be the president for the best, not the best for yourself, for your race, for your own um, individual groups or preference of a party. So because of that, I think the United States
2: is definitely being declined. All right. Uh, there's a thought. Thank you, Mount Carmel, Illinois. I'm going to go and play a little bit more of the debate, and we can just kind of chalk talk on the debate. It's fun to listen to.
8: To get it, the, the job done, it's got to be balanced. Got if, to have- if we're serious, we've got to take a balanced, responsible approach. And by the way, this is not just when it comes to individual taxes. Let's talk about corporate taxes. Now, uh, I've identified areas where we can right away – uh, make a change that I believe would actually help the economy. The, the oil industry gets $4 billion a year in welfare. Basically, they get deductions that those small businesses that Governor Romney refers to, they don't get. Now, does anybody think that uh, ExxonMobil needs some extra money when they're making money every time you go to the pump? Why wouldn't we want to eliminate that? Why wouldn't we eliminate uh tax breaks for corporate jets my attitude is if you got a corporate jet you can probably afford to pay full freight not get a special break for it when it comes to corporate taxes governor romney has said he wants to in a revenue neutral way uh close loopholes deductions he hasn't identified which ones they are uh but that thereby bring down uh the corporate rate well i want to do the same thing but i've actually identified
2: how we can do that um a couple of things as I look at look at the debate here, the whole debate, almost the entire thing, was um, split screen with both men side by side, so you could be watching the reactions and what they're saying at the same, you know, simultaneously. And uh, you know, from from where the camera was, you know, just at the uh, chest level, and how much headroom—a little inch of headroom above it on the frame. Uh, I'll bet, and I would just love to see it. I, I, I heard something like there's 150 pages of debate rules. Uh, and I, I don't want to read them, but I'd love to just like have it in my hand and flip through it. Um, because I'll bet that the framing was negotiated, you know, for people who've directed TV shows before, usually there's a booth somewhere and there's a, Engineers and producers and directors or whoever back there and they 're making decisions about what camera to go to go to a camera with the wide angle go to B camera, which is a close up on this person C camera cameras switch called and you can actually affect how the TV audience at home um, experiences it you know you can miss someone 's uh, a glare a scoff or a smile you can you can miss a stumble and it can sound worse than this because you know so um. So, so that, uh, yeah, you, you just uh, it just looks very calculated as you look at it. So Obama here is talking about the oil tax, uh, the oil thing. Now, during two thousand eight, this was a huge one that both Hillary and Obama. Uh, touted as the right next thing to do, that whichever one of them got in, they were going to go and you know, kind of clean up after the oil presidency and, and eliminate those tax breaks. So I, I don't think I've heard why it wasn't able to get done, at least during the first two years when Democrats control all, all the bodies. Um, and then and Romney says something here Where a lot of the – his response is that a lot of the money that is deducted from the big oil actually goes to smaller kind of support industries within the oil business. Listen listen to what he says here.
8: And part of the way to do it is to not give tax breaks to companies that are shipping jobs overseas. Right now,
2: you can
8: actually take a deduction for moving a plant overseas. I think most Americans would say
9: that doesn't
2: make sense and all. This is rough. This, this may have been the roughest moment for Obama because uh, this is a huge talking point and, and, and Romney just kind of called his bluff. On all that it.
8: raises revenue. And so if we take a balanced approach, what that then allows us to do is also to help young people the way we already have during my administration, make sure that they can afford to go to college. It means that the teacher that I met in Las Vegas wonderful young lady who describes to me she's got 42 kids in her class the first two weeks she's got some of them sitting on the floor until finally they get reassigned they're using textbooks that are ten years old that is not a recipe for growth that's not how America was built and so budgets reflect choices ultimately we're gonna have to make some decisions and if we're asking for no revenue, then that means that we got to get rid of a whole bunch of stuff and the magnitude of the tax cuts that you're talking about, Governor, would end up resulting in.
2: So I think he wandered around that point. And it, 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 it seemed not unfocused, but I, but I think that there's an implied I think there's truth in it. It's just hard to sort of it's easy to say. Cut taxes. It's hard to say. Well, if you cut those taxes, then you're going to have to, you know, in his mind, he can see the whole process in, in his, uh, you know, laid out in front of him of the arguments with the Congress and how you're going to do stuff. But the net result is that things like funding for Pell Grants for colleges and, and other school stuff and a lot of the other kinds of things are going to get get hurt. So I, I feel like. He was an advocate for those things. He defended it, but he's going to have to make that exact point a lot clearer. But we'll wait to get to Romney here because he really does a number.
8: The fear, hardship for people, but more importantly, would not help us grow. As I indicated before, when you talk about shifting Medicaid to states, we're talking about potentially a, a, 30, a, a 30% cut in Medicaid over time. Now, you know, that may not uh, seem like a big deal when it just is paper you know numbers on a sheet of paper but if we're talking about a family who's got an autistic kid and is depending on that medicaid that's a big problem and governors are creative there's no doubt about it but they're not creative enough to make up for 30% of revenue
2: Yeah, he re- he rescued it he was like floundering and then i think he kind of rescued him anyhow
8: something like medicaid what ends up happening is some people
0: end up not getting help jim let's we, we we've gone on a lot of topics there and so i had, it's going to take a minute to go from Medicaid, right. schools, to Medicaid. To oil, to yeah. tax breaks and companies yeah. going overseas. So let's go through the one by one. First of all, the Department of Energy has said the tax break for oil companies is $2.8 billion a year. And it's actually an accounting treatment, as you know, that's been in place for 100 years. Now, it's time to end it. And, and in one year, you provided $90 billion in breaks to the green energy world. Now, I, I like green energy as well but that's about 50 years worth of what oil and gas receives and you say Excel. wow
2: I mean wow the comparison you, you know I'm a I'm a democrat from Los Angeles so I'm sort of a green guy but boy the juxtaposition of those two things even though you know Eventually, we have to move away from fossil fuel. All the new energy kind of stuff has to come online. All the business, you know, the jobs that are going to flow from all that. Um, just in a debate setting, he it was very effective use of juxtaposition there, and he's just rattling them off one by one. So he was in the in
0: the zone. Not Actually, this $2.8 billion goes largely to small companies, to drilling operators and so forth. But, you know, if we get that tax rate from 35% down to 25%, why well, that $2.8 billion is on the table. Of course it's on the table. That's probably not going to survive if you get that rate down to 25%. But but don't forget, you put $90 billion, like 50 years worth of breaks, into into solar and wind. to, 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 to Solyndra and Fisker and Tesla and Ener1, I mean, out I, of... I
2: those three others, he, Solyndra is the, became the – in the campaign is just the whipping boy uh, decision that Obama made to support that company. And then it went belly up and it was just an embarrassment. But for him to have a second and a third and a fourth company to mention, Obama just looks like he's just getting hammered.
0: Friend who said you don't just pick the winners and losers, you pick the losers. All right. So, so th- this, is not, this is not the kind of policy you want to have. You want to get America energy secure. The second topic, which, is you said, you get a deduction for taking a plant overseas. Look, I've been in business for twenty five years.
2: I, I want to say this for for um, much of the Republican primaries, I I was you know probably with a lot of people who thought like, boy these these uh, public servants are not organizing their thoughts, they're not uh, marshaling their. They're themselves in a way that really, you know, that really puts the best face on the on the party. And uh, and Romney, you know, in this debate, finally, I bet Republicans are feeling like just so relieved that they have somebody who's going to uh, represent. This is a great – he did a great job on behalf of the party as the party's standard bearer. Mitt Romney really, really did a good job. There's just no two ways about it.
0: I have no idea what you're talking about. I maybe need to get a new accountant. Oh. Uh, but but the, the idea that you get a break for shipping jobs overseas is simply not the case. What we do have right now is a setting where I'd like to bring money from overseas back to this country. And finally, Mitt...
2: Men- you know, that, that's... And then, and then Obama didn't... Uh, he had already gone on so long that he couldn't respond to that particular thing. But that was a death blow. I mean, the idea that... I don't know how it works. you get a tax break for shipping jobs overseas? I, I don't know. I don't understand how that works. I've heard it a million times. I, I've probably said it a hundred times, you know, in, in, a, in making an argument. But, uh, boy, Mitt Romney just goes, I don't know what you're talking about. What is that? Uh, and and Obama just, looked, just did not look like he could respond to it. Or look looked like he wanted to, but wasn't going to get the chance. So uh, it will be... You know, I have an article here in defense of the president, in his own words, Um, uh, from uh, the AP ran it, and... Denver. Looking for a quick recovery from a disappointing debate, President Barack Obama questioned the identity of the real Mitt Romney on Thursday, suggesting his Republican rival had not been candid about his policy positions while on stage. Governor Romney may dance around his positions, quote, uh, but if you want to be president, you owe the American people the truth, Obama said at a post-debate rally. Romney's campaign dismissed the criticism as damage control. Obama's aggressive stand came as his campaign conceded he'll have to adjust his debate style. Wednesday night's event was widely viewed as a win for Romney and a lost opportunity for Obama to connect with the American people as national polls had showed him with a slight advantage heading into their first debate. Obama said, I don't know, last week and the week before, it was like he's ten points up in swing states like Ohio, so I don't know. Uh, Obama said that when he reached the debate stage, I met this very spirited fellow who claimed to be Mitt Romney. But it couldn't have been Mitt Romney, Obama said, adding that the real Mitt Romney has been running around the country for the last year, promising $5 trillion in tax cuts that favor the wealthy. The fellow on stage last night, he said, didn't know anything about that. Uh, And then it says the president also accused uh, Romney of misrepresenting past statements on education and outsourcing. In tough comments, the president said Romney, quote, does not want to be held accountable because he knows full well that we don't want what he's selling. End quote. Obama panned Romney's suggestion during the debate that one way to pare back uh, federal spending is to cut subsidy for PBS, which airs Sesame Street. Romney said he likes PBS and I love Big Bird, but said the country couldn't afford to keep borrowing money from China. See, that's so they did. His debate folks did a great job. I don't know. I I would love to have been in there that room and seen how they did it. But juxtaposing cutting spending like for PBS or whatever to borrow money from China. I mean, is China the only one who holds our debt? Uh, The other people buy our debt, too, right? Um, Like the American people, too. Anyhow, T-bills, is that how that works? Help. Uh, When he was asked what he'd actually do to cut the deficit and reduce spending, he said he'd eliminate funding for public television. That was his answer. I mean, thank goodness somebody's – this is Obama – finally getting tough on Big Bird. It's about time, Obama joke. We didn't know that Big Bird was driving the federal deficit. That's what we heard last night. How about that? M02, question mark. Uh, Romney campaign's books and Ryan Williams responded to the accusation of dishonesty by saying Romney demonstrated in the debate why he should be president. Quote, in full damage control mode, President Obama today offered no defense of his record and no vision for the future, Williams said. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I think it's really I really want to search the Internet and find out where um, Obama and Democrats explain how you get job uh, how you get a tax deduction for shipping your uh, uh, jobs overseas? Because it's a great campaign line. But mm-hmm. Romney just called it into question. Let me skip towards the end of the debate. Hey, winding down here. Let's see what we got.
8: I've seen progress even under Republican uh, control of the House of Representatives, but. Ultimately, part of being principled, part of being a leader is a being able to describe exactly what it is that you intend to do, uh, not just saying I'll sit down. But you have to have a plan. Number two, what's important is occasionally you've got to say no to, to, to folks both in your own party and in the other party. And you know, yes, have we had some fights between me and the Republicans when when they right. fought back against us reigning in the excesses of Wall Street? Absolutely, because that was a fight that needed to be had. When when we were fighting about whether or not we were gonna make sure that uh Americans had more security with their health insurance, and they said no, yes, that was a fight that we needed to have. Right. Uh, and so part of leadership and governing is both saying what it is that you are for, but also being willing to say no to some things. And I've got to tell you, Governor Romney when it comes to his own party during the course of this campaign has not displayed that willingness to say no to some of the more extreme uh, parts of his party.
2: There you go. There's a point. Huh. And I think choosing uh Congressman Ryan is also, uh, I think that's what he has in mind when he says that. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, debate one in the record books, um, I'm not sure where I'm going to be. Where am I going to be next week? Let me just look over here for a second. I'm moving around a lot. Uh, I think I might be at New York Comic Con or in – I don't know where I'm going to be. Anyhow, uh, thank you for calling. We had some really good calls today. Um, Thanks for the robust dialogue on Twitter. Remember to be nice to each other. Uh, (laughs) Civil discourse is the order of the day. And um, Johnny Ice in the booth, good job, dude. Thank you from germany we got it uh we got the techno going a little bit more in the right direction so that's cool um yeah that's it thanks to uh the president of the united states and uh, his challenger governor romney for entertaining the heck out of at least 40 million people according to political tracker thanks for finding that johnny all right everybody godspeed we'll see you next week